0: The last 20 years my family and I have gone to a cabin in Walland and when we go to this cabin a couple of times a year um, when we first started to go there there was no bridge there was just a river that separated the two sides and we would have to time our visits to the cabin based on how high the river would be if there had been a rainstorm a few days before we couldn't go because the banks of the river would be flooded um, if we were in a good place we would have had a few dry days so that we could ford the river in our car and take our things over And what I want to talk about this week is that as we think about where we are in our journey, we've seen the fact that we've got to stake a claim of what our Jericho is, saturate ourselves in the word and stand together. But we've also then got to move to a point where we don't just consider the challenge as we discussed the last time we were together, but we have to cross the river. We have to take action to be able to be in a place where we can attack our Jericho. So as we get into Joshua 3 this week, we are going to look at the steps that God has put in place for us to be able to cross the river. And so before we do that, let's go to him in prayer. Lord, we're so grateful for the chance to be able to look at the way that you led the people of Israel through the Jordan River to the other side of the promised land where they were in a position to attack their Jericho. I pray, God, that you would help us to be able to think about the rivers in our life that are keeping us from being able to deal with the things that are on our hearts and the challenges that are ahead of us. For some of us, God, the river is flooding right now. We're overwhelmed. There's so much going on that we need you to be able to hold back those waters so that we can cross. For others of us, the river is at a low point. It's a good time to go across. Um, But if we don't wait for you, if we don't look for your leading, we can get tripped up along the way. So I pray, God, that you would help us to be really mindful of the state of our river right now and the state of our hearts so that you can take hold of those and lead us to a place where we can deal with the Jerichos and conquer the Jerichos in our life. It's in Christ's name that we pray, amen. So when we go into Joshua 3, we're at a point where Joshua is moving through the camp to prepare the Israelites to be able to cross the Jordan River. The spies have come back and given their report. He's ready to start moving towards a point where they can attack Jericho but they've got this impenetrable obstacle in front of them, what's seemingly impenetrable, which is the flooding Jordan River. And so as he talks to the people of Israel about this next step in their journey, there are some principles that he gives them that I think are really applicable for us today. The first thing that we see him do is he tells them that rather than thinking about how they charge ahead and get across the river on their own, they need to fall back. So let's look at Joshua 3, verse 3. It says, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. So Joshua gives the command, let the ark go ahead of you. And not just a little bit. But it's the equivalent of about nine football fields or a half of a mile. So he sets it up where the ark is going to be leading in front, way in front, to be able to clear the way for the people of Israel to cross the river. And so why do you think that God would want to have that distance between his people um, and the ark? Well, I've been thinking about it, and I think there are really two things that we can see if we allow God to go ahead of us this way. The first is the people of Israel were going to get a perspective of seeing God at work. With the ark um, half a mile away from them, I can imagine that they would see the natural changes that were going on as the, the Jordan starts to stop. They would be able to have a perspective that God was in control, not themselves, as they thought about crossing the river. And so maybe that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants us to make sure that we fall back enough so that we can see his hand at work in the small ways and in the big ways in our life. As we think about the ways that our life stories unfold, it's so important to be able to recognize that that story is being controlled by the hand of God. And we've got to give ourselves enough distance to be able to see the hand of God at work. And that's a perspective that then informs our faith and it informs our ability to follow through. So we see the perspective that God wants to give his people by going ahead of them, but we also see that one of the reasons that God might want to have been um, half a mile ahead of them is because they could see his protection, right? as they started to move across the river, there would be things that they would need to have protect them. There would need to be that hedge of protection to get across the flooding banks of the Jordan River. And when God goes ahead of us, He can control the circumstances of our lives to give us that protection. So I just wanna ask you, what are the areas of your life where you need protection right now? Is it financial protection? Is it protection in a relationship? Is it protection in the circumstances that you're going through? And are you willing to let God have enough distance in front of you that you can let him create that hedge of protection around you so that you don't have to do it on your own? And you know that he can order the steps that will keep you from making bad decisions or falling um, into a place where you might find yourself in a more dangerous position than you were before. So let God go before you, just like the Ark of the Covenant had to go before the people of Israel. It was so important for god to be able to go ahead so that the people could get a perspective of what he was doing and they could also rely on his protection you know when i was in business school we read a lot of books Uh, but one of the ones that i think about a lot is a book called the goal by gold rat and it is a um, operations uh, book and one of the things that i appreciate is they use a lot of stories to be able to think about operations principles And the image that I think about a lot relative to that book is a hike. And the author describes the process of taking a hike. And what typically happens in a hike is you have strong hikers and weak hikers. And what happens is the strong hikers go ahead while the weak hikers are falling behind. And what happens is you never get to a point where you're able to maximize the speed that you can complete the hike because the strong hikers move up ahead and they stop and wait for the weak hikers to follow behind, then as soon as the weak hikers get there, the strong hikers keep moving again. And the weak hikers don't have time to take a break, to restore, and so they continue to even get slower throughout the rest of the hike. And his prescription is, if you really wanna be smart about maximizing the time for a hike, is you would put the weak hikers in front and allow the strong hikers to be behind them to keep pushing them along. And so I've thought about this relative to our story in Joshua 3. And one of the things that I'm reminded of is even though God goes ahead of us, even though he is the one who leads the way, it's not like the goal where when we get ahead to the point where we we catch up with God, he continues to move forward. He is always leading ahead of us. He doesn't stop and wait for us. But what's so great about our relationship with God is not only is he walking ahead of us, he's walking beside us the whole way encouraging us, pushing us on to new things so that when we have the chance to see the perspective, when we have the chance to trust in his protection, we're doing it with the same assurance that he is walking beside us every step of the way of the journey. So Joshua teaches us to fall back. And what I love about Joshua three is we could immediately go on to the next instruction. But I want to talk about a little sidebar that I came across as I was studying this passage that I just think is so important to just stop um, and take note of. If we go to verse 7, in the midst of all of the preparations to get ready to cross the Jordan River, there's this really sweet interchange between Joshua and the Lord. In verse 7 it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. And I just want to stop here for a second, because there are a lot of preparations being made. There are a lot of steps that are being taken to cross the river. But in verse 7, we just see this pause. We just see this quick interchange between the Lord and Joshua, where he affirms Joshua and says, Joshua, I am with you. I'm going to exalt you. I am going to lift you up as I did Moses. And I just want to stop here because I want to ask you, are you at a point in your life where you're doing all of the preparations, you're stepping out, you're moving forward, but you just need some affirmation from God. You just need him to say, I'm with you. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to take care of you. Leave this to me. And these weren't commands that he was giving Joshua. You know, in in the book of Joshua we see how God is in control and he's giving a lot of commands and he's giving a lot of instruction. But here, I just see his loving voice telling Joshua, you've got this. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to lift you up like I did with Moses. So keep it up. And maybe at this stage of our journey together, as we're talking about conquering Jericho, you just need to hear God is with you. God is for you. He's going to take care of this. Because sometimes we can get so overwhelmed with the instructions and we can get so overwhelmed with the steps that we just miss his loving hand saying, I'm behind you. I've got this. So I just want you to hear that today as we keep moving forward, that insert your name where Joshua's name was and just know that God's gonna begin to exalt you in the eyes of the people around you so that you will know that he is with you. So with that sidebar in motion, let's get back to the crossing of the river. We've talked about the importance of falling back, but the next thing that we see is that Joshua tells the people that they're going to have to face their limitations as they cross the river. So let's jump down to verse 14, where it says, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan while the water flowing down to the sea of the Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. So I just want you to get this mental picture, right? When they get to the banks of the Jordan River, it is not at a low point. It is flood season. So the water is coming down, it's rushing down, and as they get ready to go into the water, they would know that they're being asked to cross the Jordan at a perilous time. But because of the instructions that God gives them, he gives them insight in how to face their limitations. And there are two limitations that I think the people of Israel are having to deal with. And I think there are two limitations that we need to consider. The first is, what are the reasons that are keeping you from being able to cross your river? And the reasons can be manifold, right? They can be resources, they can be relationships, And so if we think about being at a flood stage of our life, what are those things that are just piling up that are keeping us from crossing the river? Um, Are there circumstances that you're in right now where you can just tick off the list of every reason why it doesn't make sense for you to cross the river? You can tick off the list every relationship that might be impacted by a decision that you're going to make that just doesn't make sense for you to be able to follow through. Well, ultimately what the people of Israel had to do is they had to face that limitation. They had to face that reality. And they faced that reality by allowing God to stop up the river. So you have to imagine this, even though it was at flood stage, when he stopped the river, all of that water starts to pile up at autumn, right? He stopped the river when it was at its highest point and there were consequences. Yes. It flooded the banks of the river. It flooded some of the communities around them. We've talked before about taking into account what the spillover effects of our decisions are. But God was able to say, even though you were at a, part, a time in your life where all of the reasons point to not being able to cross the river, I'm gonna stop it for you. So face the limitation and trust God to be able to stop the things that are keeping you from crossing the river. So, so that was taking into account the reasons why they might not be able to cross. But there was also something else at work. If you look at the last verse, it's uh, the last part of the verse, it says, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And so I just wanna ask you, are there reputational issues that are limiting you from crossing the river? I can imagine because they crossed over Jericho that the people of Jericho were watching all of this activity that was going on on the other side of the Jordan. I can imagine that they knew that the people were going to have to cross the river and and they were sitting there saying, Hey, the river is at flooding. Uh, How are they going to be able to cross over and get to this side of the promised land? Well, there was a reputational risk for Joshua. There was a reputational risk for the people of Israel to be able to get across the river. I know that the people of Jericho were watching. And do you think that some of those people in Israel were sitting there going, wow, should we really do this at this time? You know, What if we get stuck in the river? What if the, the waters overtake us? What does that do to not only God's reputation, but mine? And so I want to ask you, are there things in your life where you've let reputation Hold you back from crossing the river, where you've been worried about what other people might think on what kind of um, impact it would make to how people view you or even view the work of the Lord in your life if you go ahead and cross that river. Well, again, if we trust God to be able to hold back the waters, if we trust Him to be able to give us the path to get across, we can face those limitations with a full assurance that He's going to lift us up, just like He told Joshua. He's going to be the one who worries about the times that we're to be exalted in others' eyes. He's going to worry about the way that other people think about us. And while it's so easy to fall into that spiral of letting reputational risk keep us from moving forward, I think we need to turn that over to God and say, You deal with that limitation, Lord, so that I have the courage and the boldness to be able to move forward. So Joshua tells the people, Fall back. Let God do the work. He's going to go a half a mile ahead of you. He tells them to face the limitations. Even though the water is at flood stage, you're going to have the opportunity to cross over. But then what we also see is this instruction to follow through completely. So let's go to the end of the chapter. If we go to to verse 17, it says, The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. I just want to highlight that all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. They completed the task. They followed through. And so when I read that, I thought about the times in my life where I've said, yes, Lord, I'm going to let you go ahead. I'm going to fall back. I'm going to put my foot in the water. I'm going to recognize their limitations, but I'm going to start the journey across. But if you're like me, there have been plenty of times where I've gotten a quarter of the way through or a half of the way through and I've just stopped. And I've stopped because I've looked around and I've said, wait a minute, Lord, are you really gonna get me across the river? Are you really sure that this is what I need to be doing? And when I've fallen into that pattern, I can give a lot of examples where I've not been able to feel and see the real power of the Lord and the real purpose of the Lord in my life because I've just stopped halfway. And so I just want to ask you, what are the times where you've had the encouragement, you've had the enthusiasm, you've been ready to go and you step out into the river and you get a little way out and you just stop and you've allowed the circumstances in your life. You've allowed some of the voices in your life to just stop you from going forward. Can you, can you think about those times and recognize what was limiting you? Where are the places where you need to cut off um, some of those voices to cut off some of those things that might've held you back? But then I also want to ask you this, did you turn around and go back to the safe side or did you say I've stopped? I might've had a bump in the road, but I've carried on. And what I think is so great about the grace of God is that even though it's easy to recount those times in life um, where we might've stopped, we always have the opportunity to turn back around and keep going across the river. And so it leads me to two questions. Are there some unfinished journeys in your life that you need to complete to be ready to conquer your Jericho? Are there some unresolved issues that you started to work on, but you didn't complete? Are there some relationships that you started to repair, but you never got to the point where you fully restored them? Is it time for you to go back and finish crossing the river? Is it time for you to say, hey, before I can deal with the Jericho that's in front of me, I need to go back and ford a couple of these rivers so that I can be able to accomplish what God would have me to do. Think about that. The people of Israel followed through. They were able as a nation to completely cross the Jordan River. God held back those flooding waters and they were able to get to the point where they were starting to face the real Jericho that they were going to tackle. So that's the lesson. We've got to be willing to cross the river before we can get to the ultimate Jericho in our life. So I want to go back to that story of the river in Walland that we tried to cross. Well, after about five years of having unpredictable success um, getting over the river, those of us who have cabins on that side decided to get together and build a bridge. And so all of those questions that we would have to ask every single time we wanted to cross the river, would it be too high? Uh, did we bring the right vehicle to get across what's going to happen if we get there and have to turn around when that bridge was built all of those questions melted away well what i'd like to suggest to you is there's a bridge that we can depend on to be able to get across the rivers in our life and that's god's grace Uh, he provides the strength he provides the surety he provides the ability for us to be able to cross the river if we'll just trust him to be able to get on His back and let Him lead the way. You know, what's funny is every time I cross that river now, I don't ask any of those questions. I know that that bridge is gonna be strong. I know that that bridge is gonna get us to the other side. And what I so love about our relationship with our Heavenly Father is that as we see Him at work, as we get that perspective of the way that He moves in our life, as we trust in His protection, we have the ability to know that every time we lean on Him, to cross those rivers, he is going to get us to the other side. He is going to be the one that navigates and clears the path for us to be able to get to a point where we can deal with the Jerichos in our life. So cross the river by depending on the bridge of God's grace and his providence and his protection to be able to get us there. All of my fears, like